Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Hey there. And Tori. Hello, Internet. Uh, no Dave this week. His work schedule did not allow it, but he should be back next week, fingers crossed. Um, um not quite. Although, we might not record next, so it doesn't matter. Okay, the things that Craig said that I may or may not delete. <laughs> okay, future Mike. My money is on, he will not delete them. <laughs> that does seem likely. I've met future Mike, and he's lazy. It really depends on how entertaining. Uh, so, we start with good thing. And Craig, you're up first. So what do you got? All right, let me consult my list. Um, so it's a sort of a shame that Dave's not here this week because I did want his, not input, but I want him to see this game because I think he might like it. Um, today, or this week, my good thing will be Children of Morta, which uh, I think I was exposed to it through Twitch, through a streamer on Twitch, Co-Carnage, and watched. I'm like, okay, it looks pretty cool. And then I re- uh, watched a review on it, and I'm like, okay, it's pretty cool, up my alley. And then I played it, I'm like, yeah, pretty cool. Um, it's a action-adventure, sort of like uh, Diablo or something, with rogue light mechanic. Um, your stages are in the randomly generated dungeon, um, with a certain theme based on where you're going. And, uh, you know, you, you go through. The, the levels and the gold you get, you get to keep. Otherwise, your progress through the stage is reset if you happen to die. Um, the really neat thing, though, is that it's super well made. It's atmospheric. The art style is really well done. The music's really good uh, and, and all the sound design and everything like that. Um, you follow a family called the Bergsons and you essentially control each of them as they go into the dungeon. Apparently it's also co-op, but I haven't tried that. I really want to, but, uh, yeah, you get, you get the family, they each play slightly differently. You develop their skills and as you develop them and gain levels, you actually get bonuses for the whole family. So there's an incentive to try everyone out and level them up and do good things with them. And they all play very differently. So it can be rewarding in a different way. Uh, I'm like using a character. I'm like, I don't think I really like them. And then I start using them. I get used to their abilities. I'm like, okay, this is pretty cool. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. Highly recommend it. I'm going to have to tell David about it sometime because they might want to play it. He's sort of into these action adventures. So maybe. And what platforms is this available on? It's on PC. And what's it retailing for approximately? It was like 20-ish bucks. Okay, I'm gonna look up to see if it's on Switch or anything. Um, oh, look at that! It's on the Switch, Xbox One, and PlayStation Four. And I got it on, on through Steam, but you get it on. Okie doke. Uh, my good thing this week is two good things. The first of which is Crunchy Leaves. Crunchy roll. No, Crunchy Leaves. I walk like to work literally because fall. Yeah. Yeah, I walk to work. Oh, real and- light. And the leaves on the ground that I can step on are, like, dried out to the point where they're very, very satisfying to crunch, and it's wonderful. Mm. And then my other good thing uh, is Spider-Man Far From Home, which is the latest MCU movie, which I now own, and we're now fully caught up. All the movies that exist, we have and have seen, and there aren't any more movies that we're waiting on, and I am complete. I am MCU complete. Nice. I don't even know what the next one they're planning on is. I, all I know is Doctor Strange 2 is coming up soon. There's going to be some kind of Fantastic Four thing. There's some kind of uh, Inhumans movie vehicle coming up, I think. Yeah. 
There's another Guardians of the Galaxy happening at some point. Oh yeah, that'll be fun. I don't know, I feel like this whole Endgame and then Spider-Man Far From Home as the epilogue are you, was, are you like, was like a pretty good ending spot for the MCU. Like, if someone felt like they've had enough and this is, this is where they want to stop, I feel like this is going to be a good place to do that. It's like you had a good filling meal and you're like, that was pretty good. I don't need to eat anymore. And then the MCU people come along and they're like, one more whiff of thin mint. <laughs> yeah, it'll happen. Although they aren't planning any big like Avengers type ens- ensemble movies in the recent future. So that's good. They they know what they're doing. They're going to just do their own thing, make some fun movies, and hopefully it'll be good. But yeah, the latest Spitterman was, was a good Spitterman. Oh, I did forget something. I finally caught up, I guess, with Good Place. I just finished season three. So. Oh, nice. You're not caught up. Okay. Season four yeah, started. There's a season no! four now. I wanted to be... Oh, well, whatever. I would have to wait till it's on, like, Netflix or something. Anyway. It's okay. But congrats, You're as caught up as I am. Congrats on finishing season three. And Dude, season four, more. what I've seen of it so far, I'm, like, one episode behind currently, is fantastic. The thing that surprises me about that show is that they... Everything... Within a season, everything changed. Somehow... The premise is so simple, and yet they go places with it. Dude, every episode of season two could have been a season finale. <laughs> yep. Every yeah. single one. So, Tori. wait forever for Netflix to get it. Tori, I believe it's your turn. Recently, I got to go to a symphony. Uh, I guess, actually, it was a chamber orchestra. I don't know. I'm not up on my classical music. But this was New World's. Intimate music oh, from the Final nice. Fantasy series. Yeah, that's a that good is one. extremely on brand for you, Tori. I know, right? It was lots of fun. It was out of town, so me and some friends uh, carpooled and we took costumes. I wore my white mage outfit, and somebody else was a black mage, and someone else was a moogle. And uh, yeah, we had a great time. It was fabulous. That does sound pretty wonderful. Nice. I should put on some like symphonic instrumental Final Fantasy Dude, music. It's really good. At some point, uh, my wife and I went to that a few years ago. We definitely want to do it again. I'd also like to do the the Zelda music orchestra thing that they do sometimes. That I've sounds done fun that also. a couple of times. Yeah. All right. Let's let's do the book. There were right, two chapters this I, week, right? I think you read some chapters. Okay, Tori. I think you also read some chapters. Did we lose Tori again? I don't know what I'm doing. Craig can talk. No. Yep. What? No, it's it's Dave note time, which means we need no. fake Dave, who is Tori. Oh, I, I think I just, what I said was these bullet points are in sections, so I'm going to do a section and then take a break so Craig can talk. Oh, wow. We didn't hear None of that, that came through. All we heard is Craig well, can talk. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, so let's start with chapter 22, shall we? Yes. Truth Call is just a reskin of Life Blesser. <laughs> Weather Call of Bochi Ball. Circular reasoning joke. That's it for the first section. All right. And I just want to say, I, I've noticed that he keeps getting all of the returned names wrong and on purpose, I'm sure. And I find it hilarious. Yeah, I think that's fair. So, chapter 22, we have probably... One of my favorites in the book, uh, Light Song playing not Bocce Ball with his buds, Weather Love, Truth Call, and Life Blesser. And as Light Song describes them, they're sort of a variation on the same theme, which I guess is why they like a reskin with Fair. But um, they're playing this game. It's supposed to be super complicated. Light Song has no idea how to play. 
and he wins every time, which that's to me why I actually like this sort of thing. He's just like throwing out a ball, doesn't know what it means. I'm like, hey, you got 600 million points. Good job. How do you do this, man? You're like, hey, you gotta gotta play the game. You gotta think like a ball, which is his circular reasoning uh, comment. Anyway, yeah, so they're playing the game. They're sort of talking about politics, about like uh, Idris, like what they're up to with the new queen and like. Light Song sees what they're trying to do, and they're sort of they're they're amateurs at this. They're they're gossiping, like it's not really a big deal. But he does realize that there there's something else going on. And if these gods are talking about it, who's to say like the others aren't discussing what to do? And of course, he knows Blush Weaver is up to something, so he sort of thinks about her, and then he decides that he's done playing. He's going to go have a little chat with her. Um, so that's what we have in this section. And it's I think it's fun uh, because they play a game and he doesn't know how to play. But that's it, I guess. OK, so next section, Vivi and the gang try to get some disruption done. Bob will sell his harvest early. Grable doesn't want to help. Dense is pretty good. <laughs> Understatement. Some Adrian. Yeah. Some Adrian guy shows up. Is, Great. Is take it? it away. Yeah. All right. So uh, we switch over to Vivina. Uh, she's her and Denth and Co are sort of setting up the the pieces of the disruption that they're going to do to Hel- Heladrian. Um, she's meeting with this dude named Bob. Uh, he's just a, a farmer slash landowner. Uh, excuse me, landowner. And they're like, "Hey, you sell your harvest early before war starts. You can actually get some more money out of it rather than being required by the government." Uh, the real goal, of course, is to sort of put like some food pressure uh, on the, on the townspeople. So this is sort of like you win, we win type situation with Bob and Mina. So they're sort of trying to convince him of that. Uh, Although Vivina doesn't do much of the talking, she is, you know, there to sort of show that this this is real. And she has to show her t- color-changing hair to him before he finally believed that, you know, this, this is a real thing that's happening. And he really does have a reason that he wants to sell those goods early. So they do that. And they have a number of other meetings that they go through. Uh, not in this particular chapter, but it is alluded to. Uh, finally, they meet with this crime lord called Grabble. Uh, Grable? Grabble? Help. Robble, well, Robble. We're going to use I'm, both. Um, I'm going to go with Grable because okay. it looks like a Grable. So... Uh, they meet with a crime lord, which is sort of like, hey, this is a little fishy already. But it turns out he doesn't really want to work with them. He thinks Vivina's fake and that somehow uh, they that Denth got someone who has like partial royal blood somewhere down the line so she can change her hair. But he thinks this is all fake, that she isn't really a princess. So um, they have some words. They sort of try to attack Denth and he's just super amazing. Blink of an eye, dude is dead. Not... Grable, he kills a bodyguard or someone like that. It's not really important who he kills. Uh, the point is, he does it really fast, and it's it's scary how fast that he's just so good. Um, so they're like, look, they leave. Grable allows them to leave. Um, and they talk about it after, and it's like, you know, he just wanted to test us. He just wanted to see Denth, because Denth is well-known uh, as a mercenary. So it's like, sometimes you just want to see his skill. Maybe to hire him later. Maybe to address a threat later on, uh, figure out the threat level, that sort of. So they go, they head on off to a a safe location, sort of lay low to make sure Grable isn't following them or anything. Uh, So they have a little bit of a a chat there, just, you know, sort of what's going on. And, uh, oh, oh, and I forgot on the way, they meet an uh, Idrian who sort of like notices her, like recognizes her. And she decides that she'll meet with the the Idrians as well. Like, let's set up a meeting with them. Um, so that's sort of where the chapter ends. Well, I, 
I hope that's not where the chapter ends because there are some more bullet points. There are? Oh, dear. Yeah. I mean, you kind of covered them already, I guess. Oh, I didn't realize that it stopped in midsection. Yeah. Okay, go on. Yeah, because the Adrian guy shows up and then that was a section. Oh. Yeah. What else does he have to say about that? Uh, Jules is a drab. Yeah. Is a name. Claude sounds like cold, so it's a great name for a lifeless. <laughs> and then, I don't get this one, Tulanga Rira. Uh, got me. Is I mean, yeah, I got nothing. It's well, it's got to be a Dave joke. So I sort of glossed over this part. Like I said, they were having, they're at the safe house, um, and they sort of have a chat about the the situation and things in general. And one of the things they talk about is Claude, the lifeless Jules, uh, lifeless uh, tool person thing. He's he's there. He's sort of creepy because he stares. Well, he looks around. This is weird. Lifeless are weird. So yeah, he's there. They have a bit of a chat about like what Claude is and how Jules is a drab doesn't have a soul which is uh why vivina can't sense her she has so she has a life sense because of all the breaths that she holds she can sense people around get a rough idea of how strong their breath is she doesn't really notice jules and likewise jules doesn't seem to notice other people when they stare at her and stuff like that it's sort of like when you're sitting in a room people like stare at you like they notice you and you like get this weird feeling like hey someone's looking at me um that's sort of like what the life sense is and Jules doesn't have that. Like, she doesn't have that, hey, someone's looking at me. That's weird. And Claude, of course, doesn't notice. He, he's lifeless. He doesn't zoot anything. So both of them can sort of sneak up on Vina and she's like, ah, scary. As a perpetually startled man, I sympathize. Yeah. Okay, so chapter 23. And Dave has this one in two sections, but it, it's one big light song chapter. So I'm, I'm just going to do it all together. All right. You the boss. Yeah, you're right. I am. Okay. <laughs> and these first few bullet points are a thing of genius. I just want to say, here we go. Blush Weaver says something that is mildly suggestive. <laughs> light song deflects her with something so incredibly charming and clever that she is left stunned by his brilliance and cannot speak for several minutes. Blush Weaver says something about politics, which is incredibly boring, but she offsets it by wiggling her chest. Light Song apologizes for being distant and explains that he had some things to work out. See what he did there? Yes, I do. Okay, all right. Light Song agrees to help Blush Weaver not crush anyone. Work sounds like work. Mercy Star got attacked last night. <gasps> Next section. Why do people look toward Light Song? I'm guessing it's the six pack. Light song Absolutely. is more yeah. Light His song is <laughs> light song is more curious than lazy, so he investigates the death of Mercy Star's servant. Would an Idrian use a lifeless squirrel? I think maybe, but probably not. If the intruder had so much breath, then what could he be after? It's time to shed some light song on this mystery. No! No! <laughs> Dave! Future Dave! <laughs> So that's it for chapter 23. All right. So Light Song, as mentioned uh, in the last chapter, he decides to go talk with Blush Weaver. Um, that whole opening that Tori read is sort of word for word in the book. He writes Blush Weaver a note, which is like, hold on, we're not going to talk. Read this note because this is what's going to happen. And that's basically what happened. Um, although she's not mildly suggestive, of course. She's blatantly there, no, suggestive. There is a it is more than just a wink. Um, so, yeah, so he decides that he's going to sort of work with Blush Weaver because she's up to something. She's playing some political games and he has this 
feeling that Siri is okay, that she's not necessarily part of the plot, um, per se. So it's like, hey, I don't want her to be crushed. I feel like something is happening because he has those weird dreamy things. So it's like, maybe, maybe I should work with Blush Weaver and at least provide a tempering whole situation. So he gets together with Blush Weaver and they go have a little chat with Mercy Star. Uh, as you all might recall in chapter 21, we had a Vasher chapter where he was going into some, well, I think it's mentioned it's Mercy Star's uh, palace at the time. So she was attacked. There was a dude. So um, they decided to go have a chat with her. And of course, she's like, oh, so overwhelmed. Um, she's also described very similar to Blush Weaver. It's just slight differences, much like the male uh, returned are described in chapter 22. Here we have another female um, returned in chapter 23. And again, it's sort of a variation of that whole perfect type thing uh, based on, of course, their ideals. of. Anyway, Mercy Star, they have a little chat and, and Blush Weaver sort of hinting that it's the Idrians that are doing this. And, you know, Light Song's sort of like, something doesn't add up here. And he's like, what are you doing? And really, Blush Weaver's just trying to play politics. But as they... After they consult Mercy Star as little as they do, uh, and they go away, Light Song thinks about this whole situation. Like, things don't add up. Something seems weird here. And he decides to go back and talk with Mercy Star and her servants to see what's really going on. And he's getting a bit of an excitement here. Like, normally he's laid back. He's like, don't trust me to do anything. And here he's like, he's getting into it. He's like, there, there, there's something afoot. So he's like, he wants to do something about it. So yeah, so he goes back, asks some questions. He puts things together that this doesn't seem quite right. Why would there be a lifeless squirrel? Idrians hate lifeless. Probably not an Idrian. And then he looks at how people were knocked unconscious. But then we also had a killing. So he's getting into it. Um, he's actually excited to pursue this mystery. So that's that's I mean, that's sort of where we end. But that's what he's up to right now. All right. If Dave were here, I would now ask him what he thinks Life Song's previous life was was like. No, we can't ask him now. But he's not here, so I can't ask him, so I have oh, wait, to wait. I have an answer. He no, you don't. Bank. He was a baker. No, you don't. Yeah, that's my guess. Why a baker? Because, uh, bread? See, I would go with he was a, a professional bocce ball player. <laughs> so he knows the rules, but he doesn't remember them. Muscle memory, I'm telling you. Must be. So we're just going to call it bocce ball now. Or bo yeah. We should call it bocce ball, mispronouncing it to note that it's different than bocce ball. Bam. What what's the actual name from from the book again? Uh, Terrachin. I'm just gonna call it hockey ball. Hockey ball. Hockey ball. Perfect. Uh, All right. So, so yeah. shall we shall we kick Dave off for when he re-listens to this? And of course, our newer listeners who don't want to be spoiled. Although I really can't stress enough how bad of an idea reading as slow as Dave is. Well, they could wait until our whole series is released for a book and just do like one after the other. That would work, but as an idea. Like Oh, and real quick, if you guys wanna have a little chat, come to our Discord. You can get the link through our Patreon. And you and don't, have, you don't to, have to subscribe. Yeah. You don't you, have to subscribe. No money is required, but I do want to guilt you just a little bit by making you go to the Patreon page to get our yeah. Discord link. But wait, hang on. Before we kick Dave off, we've got to do the so, Dave, what do you think is going to happen next? And he's going to say, well, guys, I'm suspicious about that lifeless squirrel. I'm thinking it's going to be a 
going to go off on adventures. Like we're going to have to have a novella between this book and the next book about the adventures of the lifeless squirrel and the shenanigans it gets up to and how it's going to be significant in the Cosmere overall. That is, put that in Dave theory. It's got to be there. I mean, it just it seems like something he would say. He just hasn't had time to type it up yet. That's all. I have I have a proper Dave theory. The lifeless squirrel was the pizza delivery man the whole time. Oh my gosh! <laughs> well, there you go. Now We're I'm done. Blown. We figured it out. We cracked the code. Bye, Dave. Yes. Dave. No Dave. Spoiler time thing. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. All right, who's got stuff? I have stuff, but if you guys want to go first, that's fine. All right, so I want to talk about uh, Chapter 22, uh, specifically the Vivenna section. I have a couple of notes here when I was reading through it. I'm like, it's sort of neat, the the outside perspective. Um, Gravel. There's that whole thing. He's a crime lord. He tests them. He is talking about, like, he's talking to death, like, oh, I see what you're up to here. You got yourself a fake princess, and you got this plan thing. Grabble comes really close to revealing Dent's actual plan. Like, he's hinting at it in the book, like, hey, I see you're up to something. And he hits super close to the mark. Like, he doesn't describe very much because action happens, but you can tell that he knows a lot more than the other people that we've had so far in the book. Grabble, Grable, whatever the heck his name is, has Dent figured out. Foreshadowing. So why doesn't Vivenna pick up on it at this point? Because she thinks she's in control. She she thinks the perspective, the, the narrative told to her is that she has hired these mercenaries, that she's trying to disrupt Haladrian so that way they can't wage war against her home uh, country. And like all of this information that's presented to her, it's also all from Dent, but it also makes sense to her. Like, this is a thing we have to do. Lemix was apparently doing these things, so I should continue the same thing. Because keep in mind, she has no connection uh, to the royal family or, or Idris back home. Like, she hasn't heard from them. Um, they, from her perspective, haven't sent anyone to come talk to her, which, by the way, complete lie. Dent has been killing some dudes. Um, so, yeah, this is... Was that, just, this, was that Dent actually personally killing them, or was that more Claude and Tonkva taking care of it? So, um, any of them. It's not... Column A, column B. Yeah, it's whoever happens to free at the time. I think it's implied that it's Dent from the annotations. This the, That, of course, is from that. Well, and also she she didn't pick up on Grable because it completely trusts Dent and Tonkva. Like, yeah. From her perspective, they've had plenty of opportunities to rob her and betray her. And yeah, if that was their goal, they could have done. But they have deeper goals than she's aware of. And she's I mean, playing right into them. I think it's it's still somewhat clever how they have kidnapped her without her realizing kidnapped. That, but it still bugs the heck out of me every time Tang Fa makes a quote-unquote joke. He's absolutely 100% serious. This is not a joke. He wants to break toes and cut off toes or whatever heck with right. toes. 
He does yeah. those things. There's a whole conversation in chapter 22, I think. Um, yeah, it's chapter 22, where um, they're they're taking that Idrian guy off for questioning, and and Tonkfa's like, "Can I growl at him?" And she says, "Yeah." Gers, no, not even the unimportant ones. People have five, after all. Yep, that <laughs> and, is 100% uh, true. Yeah, and and she's over there like, I can never tell when you go from serious to joking, you know. And and he just laughs it off but knowing what comes later it's like oh my gosh he's a complete psychopath yeah how so- much coaching did that take from dense to get tong fa to to say the things he says in a somewhat joking manner I don't think he's saying it in a joking manner I think it's the fact that dense laughs afterwards tong fa laughs because he's picturing cut- cutting off toes or whatever and he's like man that's some good time yeah like Beth it brings him because- joy because I have to, I have to cover this up. I don't think he's doing any coaching. I think Tong Fa is just that's just the way he is, and Dent just knows how to deal with it. Um, he's just a complete psychopath. So, so here's the thing: I don't think Dent is really that bad of a person, or at least originally, I don't think he was that bad. But somewhere along the way, he went down this dark path, and this is just his life now. He's working with a psychopath, and he doesn't think that's a problem. I don't know. I don't think that Dent was originally that bad, though. Something happened. Um, well, the Tong Fa is a psychopath, to... but he follows orders. And that's right. the important part. It's just that sometimes he has to kill a pet animal or something to get his kick. Hey, look, we're going to sound like psychopaths again. Okay, the other again, thing I want to talk about... did we ever stop? <laughs> the other thing I want to talk about is Dent, uh, the description of Dent when he when he uh, acts in the in this chapter... He, he reacts, he kills someone. And they're also talking about him afterwards, I think, when they're having a conversation uh, in the safe house. Um, Denth is described sort of like how Kelsier was described back in the beginning of Mistborn. Sort of like how he... Oh, no, no, sorry, Grable, I think, is the one describing. Uh, I think that's... What, but how Denth just sort of appeared a few years back. He grabbed the team of top people. Like, this sounds like Kelsier to me. I'm reading this, I'm like, this is the same sort of description that an outsider would have given about Kelsier. He's like, he's a thief. He appeared out of nowhere. He got top talent. And, yo, that's pretty cool. Denth is described the same way. And I think that part of that whole, um, the twist that's going to come later where your expectations, if you have read Elantris and Mistborn, this book is supposed to invert. So you hear Denth, you're like, hey, sort of like Kelsier. And yeah, not quite. Except that that we know Vasher is going to be the Kelsier character because he was the one in the in the in the prologue or the prelude That's or whatever true. it was. And then he was the one in that first fight scene. Um right. Um yeah. But at the same time Vasher is nothing like Kelsier. When when you actually talk, he's very gruff and like, I don't have time for this. Eventually he teaches Vivenna how to magic, but you know, he's sort of stubborn about it, even though he's a scholar. You know, they call them the five scholars, and that's a really loose term because they don't act like scholars to me. Like, at least not anymore. Maybe they did at one time. I can't picture Dent being a scholar. Vasher doesn't have Kelsier's charisma score. No, he doesn't. I think I think Vasher's ten, maybe eleven top. What was uh what was what was her name? The the woman who made uh Nightblood. What was her name? It shoot. Ye steel, R steel, Dent, Vasher, who's that wasn't his name, and Huzuza. I'm gonna look it up, hold on. So, uh Shashara. Shashara. Okay. The them being the five scholars, I'm pretty sure is um primarily on Shashara and a little bit on Vasher. Because what was it? R Steel was a duelist. 
Denth right. is Denth. And yep. I want to say Word of Brandon says that Yesteel is like off being a god emperor somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere else on the planet. He might be in the sequel. Although, Yesteel was the one who invented ichor alcohol, which they use in life. And they were also the ones who discovered the, the lifeless command that only requires one breath because it used to require so many. So they did do scholarly things. It's just I think it was mostly Vasher and Yeastiel who were doing scholaring. And and Sashara. Sashara. Yeah, that. So anyway, we also know Vasher had a million different names in the past because he's peace. He's he's warbreaker and peacegiver. And basically anyone they talk about, it's more than likely Vasher. How did a man with a 10 charisma be all those people? I don't know. He has a knack for acquiring power. Yeah, he does. Uh, anyway, so that's what I had for that chapter. Um, in chapter 23, of course, we know a better idea of what's happening. We know, I think it was Denth that was following in after Vasher, and he's the one who actually killed the dude. And eventually Light Song's going to figure this out. And I think it's really cool how th- these two chapters here... This is where stuff's finally picking up. And I'll end the next chapter because I did read ahead the Siri chapter, though. We're finally really getting into the meat and potatoes of the story. Like, we have the setup. We know our characters. It's time for stuff to happen. So, uh, not as much with Avina, but Light Song finally has a purpose. And he's not just lounging about setting up the return. He's actually going to do some investigating. Yeah, um, and I want to talk about the change that we see in Light Song in Chapter 23, yeah. how he's finally taking an interest. Just yeah. it, So it's very subtly done. I feel like Sanderson has a great grasp of mental illness. And so when you look at Light Song in the beginning chapters, you can tell he's depressed. Like, mm. the guy, guy has everything. He's got servants and castles, doesn't have to work hard. For a living or any of that, but yeah, he's depressed. He he's he's not happy with it all, and and he's bored. And you can be life without being suicidal. And so I think he's at that point. And then all of a sudden, here's this mystery. He's interested in something. He's got a passion for it, and he's 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 ready to go out and do something instead of just staying in bed all day. Right. And and I and I. I just feel like it's very well done because he, he's he's in character the whole time. Like that, it's a complete attitude change, but without seeming out of character. So very well done. You know that actually helps describe why he's so interested in his past. It's like you mentioned; he likes to look into a mystery. It grabs him and it compels him. It actually pulls him out of depression. I never even realized that he's sort of depressed and. This is the only way he can act out depression because he has everything. He has perfect health. He has everything he could possibly want. And so he just, just coasts. But now something interests him and he, he activates. And he does this about himself. And I think Larimar sort of knows this, which is why he gave that tidbit uh, a few chapters ago where we used to sort of know each other sort of thing. And uh, I think Larimar knows that he responds to mysteries because that sort of kicks him in, in, in the rear to... Like, hey, I feel better now. Um, but we see that he's going to be trying to look into his past chapters. He tries to discover if he had any other talents or anything like that. Um, most Return don't care what their past lives were. Light Song does because it's a mystery. So I never really thought about it that way. And you just made me think of that, Tori. You're welcome. I'm still looking forward to uh, Larimar ranting about how they got thrown in prison again. Oh, it's like, you're just a tax collector. Get out of here. Why you have to be so weird? And it's like, man, poor broken Larimar. Of course, that scene is where people start dying. So it's also kind of no. sad. But that's a really good rant. 
Dude, that whole section gives me chills. I'm thinking about that chapter and I'm getting chills by Light Song's action. Man, this book's so good. I don't know why people, some people don't really like it as much. I like it. It's oh, a it's, great little snack size Sanderson. It's standalone, which means that it doesn't have like the huge epic world building that like uh, Stormlight does. Except for the the introduction of the lifeless squirrel that we know is going to be <laughs> super important later. Man. Stormlight yep. for it and a turn up. Lifeless squirrel, um, still the best character. I don't think I really had anything else, but I just want to say I'm glad we're finally at the section. Stuff's going to start happening. We don't get as much from Vivenna because it's going to be a bit longer for that payoff. Um, but there is going to be stuff in the background that we can discuss about basically what Denth is really doing. But we're, we'll have to save that for the spoiler section. But at least Light Song and Siri are finally going to be act. So it's fun. We're, we're getting into some good stuff. And I think this is also where Light Song really starts to shine and why when people start really liking him as a character. Because before, he didn't have much personality. He just made bad jokes. Um, but now he has, there's something there. There's a character there. So yeah. Bad jokes counts as a personality. I'm sorry. He had a personality. <laughs> but was it a good one? Oh, so just, yes. uh, just a heads up. He was up. completely unappreciated. By these other returns. Uh, just a heads up, we will be doing our cast list in three more episodes. That will be episode 78, covering chapters 31 through 33. Okay, we'll have to talk about that with Dave and the other non-spoilery folk next episode. Indeed. Just wanted to keep a reminder, So, especially for Craig, because I know you have problems no. with this. I'm on it, dude. You should see, I have people already cast it. Because he actually likes this book. I have... I have Vasher, Siri, Blushweaver, King Didalin, uh, and potentially a couple other characters who I need to fit actors to. But I'm ready. Uh, what do you want to bet that Dave casts King DDD from the Kirby games as King Didalin? I'm not taking that bet because that's going to happen. I might have happen. already casted that. I'm, I'm excited to reveal my casting choice for the squirrel. <laughs> now I'm, have now squirrel? I'm very, I'm not sure I can no. wait three more weeks. Oh, you're going to have to wait. I'm sorry. No. Nope. Oh, I got a castle. Thank you. Tori, you gave me an idea. It might be it might be the same idea, but it's going in the list. Thank you, Tori. I'm just going to name the squirrel. We're going to call him Aloysius. Squirrel's name is Aloysius. So in the future, when he shows up in Stormlight 4, you guys are going to know, hey, there's Aloysius. Indeed, we will know that. And hockey ball. And hockey ball. All right. So that's all I had. Yeah, I don't really yep. have anything else. Nope, I'm good. No Dave makes for fast chapter or episode. It does. Dave usually lets us pad for time a little more. And Fine. we spent so much of the spoiler section laughing at him, so You know, I like that um since he knows more about how the Cosmere works now, that we can talk about a few more things in the non spoilery section at this point. And especially as we get to Way of Kings, we're gonna have even more stuff we can talk to him about rather than just save it for spoiler section. So, pretty nice. Yeah, it eventually we'll just not have spoiler sections, but No, no, what we need to do is we need, we need to get a new new reader when we do Stormlight and then Dave is going to know a bunch of stuff and 
the, the new new reader isn't going to know all the stuff. And so we'll have the new new reader talk and then we'll kick him off and we'll have light spoilers with Dave and then we'll kick Dave off and we'll have full spoilers. Why do we want to complicate this? Also, Dave is so good as a novice reader. But he's not going to be a novice forever. Like, we're getting to the point where he's going to know stuff. Wait, what does the diagram say? When When is he catching up? 2024 or something like that? Yeah, it's, it's going to be a while from now. Yep. And, and we're definitely going to have book four by then of Stormlight Archive. And I, I have a problem with your plan already. Um, Way of Kings is our next book after we get done with this. Well, you better start casting our new, new reader. But I like Dave as the new reader. He's very good at it. He's still going to be the new reader. I'm talking about the new, new reader. Well, then, I don't know, get Matt to do it. Matt's already read all this stuff. Tell him to pretend. He's not good at that. (laughs) All right. Uh, Good night, all? Yeah, I think we're done. Good night, Internet. Bye, everybody. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made-Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.